Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. You want the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. All right, guys, we are back, and we are back with some special guests. We got Steve, we got Jesse from the Fantasy Guides podcast, two-thirds of the Fantasy Guides podcast. Okay, I would be, I would be remiss if I didn't mention Casey. Casey, I know you're listening because I know you listen to every episode of the Upper Hand Fantasy podcast, uh, but appreciate you guys joining. Uh, guys, this is a very special episode. You know, Fantasy Guides, you know, a, a huge page on instagram i'm sure you guys if you guys know me you guys probably know fantasy guys you, you guys probably know steve um and it's a great 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 resources resource if you like upper hand you gotta go check out fantasy guys on, on on instagram for sure uh but before we get into today's topic which is quarterback prospects we're gonna dive deep into that world draft season is here nfl draft right around the corner less than a month away now but Steve, let's start with you, man. How you doing? How you I'm doing, good. man? It's draft season, baby. It is. It is. I'm. I'm good, man. It's. Uh, I don't know about you, but there's been, you know, the cr- the grind of the season is. It, we had that lull for a while, but I can start to feel the the heat picking back up a little bit. You know, with the draft, like you said, less than a month away. Like once the draft happens, as you know, it's it's go time from there on out. You know, up until the end of next season. So. Just kind of trying to soak it all in a little bit, some of the downtime before it picks up again. It's true. And, you know, it's funny because everybody always asks me, like, hey, like, how's your podcast doing? How's everything going? It must be real slow now, huh? And I'm just like, you know what? It it just never stops. You know, you Mm -hmm. think you have these lull periods, and the lull isn't that much of a lull, especially when, you know, you you really want to keep that. You know, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a, it's real. It's a real grind, man. You got to keep that content coming out, right? And there's always something to talk about. Free agency, you know, it's literally started right after the Super Bowl was over, right? And you, you got that, and then you got the NFL draft coming up, obviously as well. Now we have Jesse here, also who is a big part of the Fantasy Guides podcast. You know, Jesse, unlike me and Steve, you know, he's actually somebody who you can depend on when it comes to college football. Okay, that's Steve right. And I, you know. We, we really just like January comes around. We're like, oh, <laughs> what happened last season? What's going on? Who are these guys coming out? Oh, did he declare? Is he a senior? Is he a junior? I have no idea. And then we literally just, you know, crunch as much as we can, you know, within the few months we have before the NFL draft. But Jesse, he's here and he's going to school us and kind of, you know, give us the perspective that we need because, 
you know, you can't really understand everything about these prospects, you know, just in a couple months, you know, looking at the numbers, looking at some film, looking at just a couple games. But, you know, Jesse's really been, uh, you know, he's somebody that actually watches on Saturdays. That's right. And, you know, you talk about this time of year. This is actually when I earn my my meager fantasy guide salary, because at this point in the year, uh, Stephen comes to me often, you know, and <laughs> when the season's going on, he's my fantasy expert. I'm always with him. He he, he guided me to a couple championships this year. Um, but yeah, college football's my jam. Um, just always been a fan pretty much since the mid 90s. Um, I don't know what it is about it. The pageantry, I guess, everything else. I always wanted to play college football as well. So that was a, a huge goal for me growing up. And then I'm probably one of the best NCAA players, you know. So uh, not not playing playing the video game, the video game. When I say NCAA players, uh, so we grew- all knew what you were talking about there. By the way, okay, okay, good. Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely the the uh, NCAA video game. Huge fan of that growing up as well. And uh, yeah, so a lot of my research, you know, helps me with that as well. So, <laughs> oh, I was I thought you were going to say that a lot of your 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 time playing NCAA helps you in your your analysis. I, oh, it's I'm glad both. It, it goes it goes both <laughs> ways, you know. <laughs> no, no it, it does help him. that he he's don't, don't undersell it jesse he's still playing the game that came out a decade ago the last one they made he still plays on the regular now are they i thought they were making another one or they already yeah. did like, what, what what was the deal with that oh man so so they were they had it all lined up to do it um this summer this was going to okay. be when they launched it and uh they pushed it so we got we got oh, no. one one more season um it's going to be a huge production. It's it's really interesting to think about because Madden has 32 teams. Uh, NCAA has 132 teams. So just imagine doing uh, 100 more stadium. Um, what do they call that when they go in with all the cameras and uh, get it so the stadium looks accurate? Uh, I don't, oh, yeah, a, yeah. I know a you're word for about. it. There's a rendering, rendering, imagine rendering a hundred more stadiums, um, a hundred more uniform combinations. So yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be, I'm very excited for it because, you know, the last one came out in 2013 NCAA 14 is the the game and they've been modding it and doing different things since then. And I've just been, you know, downloading the latest mod by some nerds that have figured out how to revamp (laughs) this game for ever since 2013. So I, I'm going to go buy a PS5 as soon as that new game comes out. I'm very excited for that. But yeah, in the meantime, uh, yeah, we can talk some talk some rookies here because this is really where where Steven, Steve and I's powers combine to uh, to form a great team. Um, and we come through and we really crunch numbers. I think it was Steven, you know, a few years ago where I was like, we need to be like recording these conversations that we're having. <laughs> right around this time, right? Where it's like, he's like, he'd call me up and just be like, I need to know your thoughts on these seven quarterbacks. And uh, we'd finish those conversations. I'm like, you know, this, I feel like this could be a podcast. So that that's kind of part of the reason that the uh, fantasy guides podcast was born. Well, I love and, it. I love it. And for us, we'd know, be like an yeah. hour into the conversation. And I would say to Jesse, Oh, and uh, sorry, I- I'm getting married. Do you want to be yeah, yeah. my wedding? <laughs> you know, <laughs> the, so. important, the important information would, would yeah. might take a while. Yeah. You have to, you have to, you know, get the important stuff out first. You have to know about these prospects, and then later on, like once he gets all the stuff that, you know, what if he said no? Then you would have no idea about those quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, that'd be an awkward conversation after that. Exactly. Right? <laughs> have your priorities straight. You know, hundred percent. Yeah. 
Hundred percent. Now, quarterback, like you mentioned, quarterback, man, it's it's literally like the most difficult position to evaluate, and that's why I brought you guys on for this particular episode. Uh, and you know, you could talk to any you know quote unquote expert, right? And this is not something that you can say that with any other position in football. It almost comes down to opinions at the end of the day, like when it comes to quarterback, right? Like Bryce Young, uh, you know, he would be a slam dunk prospect if he was just a little bigger. Right. Right. Uh, it causes him to stay back in the pocket a bit, might need more time in the pocket, you know, despite, you know, he's a playmaker right outside of the pocket. He's a playmaker. You know, you know, there's this concern about what those NFL hits might do to him, all that. Um, but let's just get down to it, man. Steve, what are your initial thoughts on Bryce Young uh, and the concerns around him? You know, and are these concerns, you know, too much? Are they too weighted? Um, and then I'd like to hear, you know, from Jesse to hear what he thinks, too, because the more I look at it, right, this kid is really talented. And to me, he's clearly the the best quarterback to me. Um, but then it's hard to project how the size factor, um, you know, is going to affect him at the next level. Yeah, no, I, I, I do think he is the most cerebral quarterback in this class. I think he's he just football knowledge and just his his vision for the field i think is the best but i don't think you can ignore those limiting factors that you just brought up you know um the nfl's faster than college you know and he he played at alabama so he had a good supporting cast and he played in a tough conference but alabama's typically the the typically one of the best in that conference you know so they're usually playing to a lesser competition so you know we see him on a team like the texans where now he's at the, the, the probably the worst team in the NFL, you know, he's going to have to overcome a lot that he didn't have to overcome at Alabama. And sometimes those early years in a quarterback's career, I think can, can make or break a quarterback. So um, I do think, you know, he couldn't be an outlier. He could be the next Russell Wilson. I think he kind of, that's the vibe I get when I watch him, that that's who he reminds me of. And I think he could do that, but I don't think we can't, we can't ignore some of those limiting factors that you brought up. Yeah, and, you know, with Russell Wilson, it's interesting because, you know, he wasn't even a first-round pick, right? And, you know, obviously, Bryce Young is going to get the benefit of, of, of doubt regardless, and he'll get more of an opportunity. You know, Russ is an outlier himself, not only with his size, but also because of the fact that, you know, he was outside. I think he was a third-round pick, right, if I'm not mistaken. So, mm-hmm. and we're going to talk about this later, but, like, a third-round quarterback, that's basically a death blow right to your career like it, it, it's it's very rare that a third uh, any quarterback outside of the first two rounds really get that opportunity um and you know the fact that he did that and overcame his size too um and then we all found out that he actually stinks 10 years later you know what i'm saying <laughs> uh but no as, th- that is besides the point but um I, I guess my point is now like you know he's going to be taken you know top you know either first overall second overall third overall top three pick most likely but how how long will that leash be, uh, you know, if he cannot bring it at the next level? Do those size concerns affect him? Jesse, what are your ov- overall thoughts here? Are we thinking about this too much? Is, is he what he's shown on tape? Is that does he have it to be an outlier? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, he's always played at that size. It's not like he shrank all of a sudden. Um, you know, that's something he's used to doing. Uh, the kid threw for. Over 8,000 yards over the last two seasons, uh, 79 touchdowns to only 12 interceptions. 
he doesn't run for yardage. He's not going to, he's not going to eat up a bunch of yardage on his runs. He moves to um, get open in the pocket and make plays downfield. Um, uh, he did have seven rushing touchdowns. So in the red zone though, he's, he's pretty dangerous cause he'll just step up and run it in. And then the guy was 24 and three as a starter. He won a Heisman trophy. He lost three games in, in his career. So he's a winner um, in big games. He played really well. Uh, basically it, this past season, they lost two games by one point. Each, each of those two losses was by one point. Um, and he played awesome in both of those games. Uh, the only other thing I wanted to touch on, cause Steven talked about how, you know, at Alabama, he's got this great supporting cast around him. This particular Alabama team, I almost feel like it, a little bit of a, of a feather in his cap is their offensive line was not as good as they usually are. And their wide receiver core was not as good as they usually are. So they really relied on him to kind of raise all boats. And and those are the types of quarterbacks that I like um, coming out of college are guys that I've seen them make an impact on their team. You can just see that the team is different when they're on the field. And um, and yeah, he had he had one injury. It kept him out of just half of one game. And then he rebounded right after that, played really well. So he's, you know, he's shown one of the things about being his size that he is really good at is he doesn't take hits. And part of that is because of his field vision and because he is such a cerebral player. So, you know, it's one thing like, like RG three, when he came out, we all loved the athleticism and everything else, but I just don't know that there was that cerebral player that knew to slide that knew to get down that saw this guy about to ear hole him. And I think that's why his career ended up being really short. So I, I think that he can protect himself. And I do think that he is a franchise level quarterback at the next level all right we we will get into you know who we like the most and all that kind of stuff but i just want to kind of cover a few of these quarterbacks and and jesse you know there are a lot of questions around anthony richardson right he he was dead last in adjusted completion percentage among qualifying quarterbacks in the power five he doesn't have a ton of college experience playing the quarterback position but from a fantasy perspective the ceiling is is the roof literally for Richardson <laughs> and you know, his rushing ability, um, his size, you know, near the goal line is extremely attractive. Uh, and when I look for a dynasty quarterback in fantasy, you know, I think I do chase the ceiling a lot, but part of me also wants to chase potential longevity, right? The better prospect, because if I'm in a two quarterback league, you know, a super flex league where quarterbacks are very valuable, I might want to go after the guy I know, you know, can be a very good starting quarterback in the league, right? You look at the Joe Burrows and the Justin Herberts, you know, maybe going after that rather than the ceiling of Anthony Richardson is the way to go. Because if he ends up not being a good quarterback, you know, his leash might be short because, you know, you do have to be a solid quarterback in order for you to keep your job, right? You do have to still play that position and do it relatively well. And the rushing upside, you know, comes kind of second you know, at that point, if you're not helping your team win. So how are you looking at Richardson, Jesse, right now uh, coming into the NFL? Is there a good chance he can be a starter for years to come? I just don't know. You know, I'm, I'm actually a huge Gators fan. I love watching them. Um, I watched every game he played this past season. Um, if quarterback is not accurate, that is an issue. It, you know, I feel like that's the number one quality that leads to success in the NFL. But I do get into arguments. I know Casey, even today, texting back and forth with him about uh, a fantasy guy versus, 
and I can't remember how he's saying it, but for me, it, I get really annoyed because I'm like, well, if he's like not good at football, how is he good at fantasy football? I don't understand right. that that analogy, right. but I I think that we are we're excited about the upside. Um, I really would have loved to see him play one more season as a starter to get some some real numbers. We only have you know seven and six he was as a starter. So is that is that raising all boats? He threw for three thousand yards over the last two years, fourteen interceptions. Um, he rushed for over a thousand yards though over the last two seasons with 12 touchdowns. So the rushing numbers were there. He, he was a highlight reel when he was making plays, when he was feeling it. Um, he was a highlight reel, but just so much inconsistency happening there. What I ended up telling Casey in, in my argument today, Steven, I don't know if you saw this in the, in the text strain, but it was, it was basically, I want to see the system he goes in and see the type of offense that they're planning to surround him with. Um, because if you're expecting him to be Josh Allen, he's he's not. I just I don't know why you're expecting a guy to get more accurate now in the NFL without a ton of experience of being because, accurate at the college uh, level. I guess because Josh Allen did it right. He came into the NFL not accurate at all, and then miraculously, you know, he got Stefan Diggs and he became accurate. That second year too, obviously, he took a little bit of a step forward in the accuracy department. But that's not common. Right. Like you said. No. Well, and so this this is one of my things with, you know, if we're talking about these first two players, Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson, how we're comparing them, how we're looking at them. You know, the comps that you see for Bryce Young is you see the the Russell Wilson, the two, uh, the um, I've seen Drew Brees thrown out there. These are extremely accurate cerebral quarterbacks that I think can make a dent in the NFL. Who is who is the comp for Anthony Richardson? I would say Cam Newton, but yeah, so it is, it's Cam Newton. Like we all know it's Cam Newton. Yeah. How many, how many, how many Cam Newtons have we seen? Have we seen more Drew Brees to uh, like, I think there's a reason that there's, it's a lot easier to even, even a smaller quarterback slider frame. We've, we still have maybe even more, um, you know, of success in the NFL with quarterbacks around that size, the Cam Newton thing. Yeah. And the other thing that I think is really fascinating about Cam Newton, Cam Newton's last year in college was one of the best college seasons of all time. He's maybe one of the top five college quarterbacks of all time. And, and, and you know what? So he we was can't way... compare. We can't compare those two guys. You know, he it's... was a, he was also a way more accurate quarterback than Richardson yes. was. Now Newton wasn't the most accurate quarterback, obviously in the NFL. We we found that out for sure. But even in college, he was way more accurate than Richardson was. So I I, I understand the comp with the size and the rushing ability and all that kind of stuff. But Cam was a better thrower of the football than Richardson at that point coming out of college than Richardson is right now. So I think that's what concerns me when you start doing the comp game and you're starting to try and get excited about a guy. And then you see a guy just completely break the combine, right? We were all thrilled about that. I, I told, I told Steven beforehand, I was like, I bet he runs in the four fours. This guy pulls away from DBs in the open field. I haven't seen anything quite like it, but he also struggles to hit a swinger out. So it's, you know, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting. I, I do think that we've seen the thing we have seen with a quarterback that maybe struggled with accuracy, but has able to do something with his legs is Lamar Jackson has been an MVP caliber player in the NFL. So if he goes to some place where they decide they're going to design an offense around him and there's an offensive coordinator there, that there's some kind of proof of concept, you know, he he'd worked with Lamar before, or he'd worked with somebody, you know, somebody else 
that that is where I would be willing to take a higher risk on Anthony Richardson. But I, I, I mean, whoever ends up drafting Richardson should just also hire Greg Roman and just they have to they <laughs> yeah. have to and do the Absolutely. Lamar thing all over again, right? That's what they should do because they made it work, and there is proof of concept now with that. And the guy, you know, he's not going to be as quick and breaking guys' ankles in the open field. He might just run him over and then run away from him. You know, he's that much of a freak, but. They do got to design something around him. It, I mean, if you try and put this guy in a box, you know, you just try and I'm, I'm going to make him the next pocket passer in the league. I think that's a mistake, you know, of his, of his natural abilities. So, so we'll see what happens. You know, the, even, even like the Justin Fields thing where he, he kind of had a huge fantasy season with his rushing upside. He was not a rushing quarterback in college. He was rushing out of necessity for the Bears to try and win games. So, I mean, maybe that could happen. But Justin Fields was a far more accurate passer in oh, college. Yeah. So, um, he, he was I a just very think, accurate passer coming out. And then you yeah. consider the quarterbacks that he was coming out with. You know, you were comparing them to a, a pretty good group of guys coming yeah. out. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Steve, I know you have thoughts on Richardson, and we're going to get there. I have a question for you uh, concerning that in a bit. But coming into this episode, now, you know, I'm looking at these these top guys, right? And, you know, C.J. Stroud, you know, to me, seems like a relatively, like, quote-unquote, safe pick, you know, as well. Like, I'd say he's in the consensus top three right now, right, with Will Levis, you know, making appearances here and there. But Levis seems to be the consensus fourth-ranked quarterback in this class. But, Steve, does Stroud seem like the safe pick among all these guys at this point? Like, he's likely going to be a top-five pick, potentially the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. We have questions around Richardson. We have the size questions around Young. So, like, if you're not – if you don't want to take any chances in your rookie draft and you need a quarterback, can we draft Stroud before Young and Richardson? It feels that way, doesn't it? If you're if you're looking and you need that super flex quarterback and, and you don't want to mess it up, you know, you need that. I think that is probably the safest route, you know. I don't like him. I, I honestly like him and uh, Young about the same. I just think that he has a little bit more of the physical tools you want to see out of a quarterback. But if you're just looking to be safe and you're just like, I need this quarterback, I can't screw this up. I, yeah. I would say he's kind of your safe floor pick. Now coming into this episode, like the way that I've been looking at two quarterback or super flex leagues, depending on my quarterback situation, I'm taking different quarterbacks. Like if I have yep. the choice between the three in my rookie draft, like if my situation is absolutely terrible, I might be risk averse and take CJ Stroud. 
there aren't as many questions around him right now. So we kind of know what he is, right? I think, you know, that's an accurate quarterback who can, I think, make every throw for the most part. You know, how will he do if he has to create on his own? Like, might be some of the questions around him. Like, and we'll get to that. If I'm chilling at quarterback in my dynasty league, you know, out of these three quarterbacks, like, I might just go for it with Anthony Richardson, right? And shoot for the monster upside. Um, Jesse, I'm curious to know what you think of Stroud and how he compares to Bryce Young. Steve, you mentioned that you, you kind of have them relatively similarly. And if you're going with the lower risk option, it, it might be uh, Stroud. So, so Jesse, like, you know, do you think Stroud is a safer pick here when it comes to fantasy? You know, am I missing out on a huge, cause you're a fan, you know, obviously of Bryce Young. So am I missing out on a huge Delta between these two guys? If I end up going Stroud, not necessarily. I, I think those are the clear top two. You know, I, I think that there, I think there's a tier there and, and I don't mind having them right next to each other. Um, okay. So then, so then it's more, uh, are you a blonde guy or a brunette guy? You know, it's, it's Br- brunette. I, Brunette. Oh, so, oh, was that? So brunette. I'm sorry. I, I, no, thought, I, I thought you. I, then then you're a CJ. CJ Stroud is just the, a reflex. The brunette. It's it's safe. Um, you know, I think Bryce Young's a blonde, maybe a little flashy, like a little bit more flash there, but there is some risk. And then I think Anthony Richardson is like a, a redhead, maybe a stripper, fake boobs <laughs> for sure. Right. And and so that it's just it's your it's a preference thing, right? At that point. But there's definitely a lot more risk with that. You kinda you kinda talk okay? you kinda talk you kinda talk it to me in Richardson here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's got his own OnlyFans page. I mean yeah, come yeah. On. no, but it's uh I, I do really like CJ Stroud. Um things that I've seen as I've watched him and have been written about him is his anticipation throws are really, really good. Um he can reach all levels of the field, throws an amazing deep ball. Um, Bryce Young does as well, though. Really, really good deep ball. Um, I I think he has all the tools. I think him going number one, it does not concern me at all. I think, yeah, it's it's just a safe thing. It would just be somebody that's like, well, you know, are we going to hinge our franchise on a guy that could get hurt or a guy that's maybe a little taller? The only thing I will say is, you know, when you talk about trial by fire, is C.J. Stroud's offensive line was amazing, and and he did not need to run. He could stand there survey the field, check it down. And his wide receivers were essentially the best in the nation, you know, so they made him look good constantly as well. And his running back, Trevion Henderson is probably going to be our B. John Robinson next year that we're talking about as the, the one Oh one. So he was just completely surrounded by really good talent. So is he going to be able to get hit in the mouth? Cause I, I saw Bryce young get hit in the mouth in the sec with not as good of an offensive line. I usually saw CJ Stroud just standing there delivering wherever he wanted. So that'll be interesting way, to see. By the way, did you guys uh, see the list that Brian Hartline put together? Um, he was he was on somebody's podcast. I forgot who it was. I think it was Busting with the Boys, and he uh, he was asked uh, who you know who were the best Ohio State wide receivers that he coached. Who, who do the you guys list think? is insane. Like, who do you guys it's like think? Not well, even, it's not even fair because he also had Jameson and, 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 Williams at one point. He recruited we're, we're, him gonna, as well. We're gonna talk about. We're gonna talk about the last. Uh, let's say let's talk about the last five years. Okay, Jesse, I'm gonna give you your shot at who he thought the number one wide receiver was that he so, had over the past five years. He might have said Marvin Harrison Jr., who's doing it right now, and then JSN. JSN would be my second, my second pick. You guys are both right. Number one that he said, Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah. Number two, Jesse. Who you got? I I think JSN is is generally. Uh, I would probably go. Gosh, 
I don't know. Maybe Garrett Wilson. Jesse was right. JSN oh, okay. was number two. And right. you know, See, and you, you know what he did say? Brian Harlan said, like, you know, I would I would have said that, but Garrett and Olave also agreed. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, he kind of like went that way as well. So we, yeah. we, which was which was already super interesting. Uh, you know, to, to begin with the fact that both Garrett and Chris Olave was like, yeah, you know, Jason's just that dude, right? Like <laughs> he's, he's better than us. Like, which is amazing. Right. Yeah. And, I watched I mean, that on college game day one time. And I told Steven on the podcast, I was like, these right. guys, these guys that are doing quite well in the NFL right now, they said this guy was the dude. So yeah, for exactly. Sure. Exactly. And then number three was Garrett Wilson. Yep. Number four. Okay. Jesse, who you got at number four? Uh, I mean, I would guess Olave, but I might be missing some. Oh, I'm sorry. Else. So, so we said Marvin Harrison Jr. We said uh, JSN, JSN, Garrett Wilson. And then it was it was Garrett Wilson, and then it was four and five, and then Olave, and then um, oh, I'm trying to think of who. Oh, I know. The, I'm doing the same thing. <laughs> the the guy for the Redskins. Yes. The oh. Redskins wide Ter- receiver Steven. Ter- Terry McLaurin. Yep, McLaurin. There it is. Yep. That's Jesse. You guess you guess the top five extremely (laughs) like perfect. That was literally perfect, Jesse. This is why you're here. I would if I was Jesse's I think Jesse's trying to hustle us. He totally saw this video. No, I I have not. But here here's the thing is I if I was a a smaller school trying to figure out who who should we take a flyer on as a head coach, maybe go get Brian Hartline. Okay. This guy can recruit wide receivers better. It's unbelievable. He has the top th- wide receiver in the is- nation right now coming out, and they got it, it, there's just a whole stable of them still there. They the, the the top two wide receivers for the next draft class are from Ohio State again. It's it is insane. Who do you think is better at evaluating wide receiver, Brian Hartline or Bill Belichick? <laughs> he's, got, uh, he's got him there. Taekwon, Taekwon Thornton. Taekwon. Complete opposite. Oh, the it's a, the list goes on. It's it's right. as deep as that Ohio State list in the wrong direction. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get back to quarterbacks, Steve. Okay, so before we go, move on to like talk about more quarterbacks and these these guys. Like, I think we should stop here and kind of talk about our analysis of like the top of two quarterback or superflex dynasty rookie drafts. Okay, <clears> so in that format. We're looking at Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Richardson, right? All there, obviously right. in the top four or five picks in mm-hmm. rookie drafts. Bijan, you know, definitely being one of those top guys, taking, you know, the 101 in every single non superflex rookie draft. The door is still open to take him at 101 in a superflex league, depending on your situation. Um, now, in that situation, like if if I'm in a superflex league and like I don't need a quarterback and someone's willing to pay to get Bijan at number one or that person doesn't need a quarterback, definitely trade down because like mm-hmm. there's no reason to stay at one on one and take Bijan. Like trade down, let that guy take Bijan and then you know take your pick at quarterback, right? Um, but I think you know these the the top six are these three quarterbacks, right? Then you got JSN, probably Jameer Gibbs. Right. And I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that, Steve. Right. So those are the six guys I would say. Is that kind of like your top six in in a super flex league right now? Yeah, I think so. Where are you at with I'm just curious with the Bijan Robinson at, at one in a super flex, because mm-hmm. I think it's pretty much a, a lock for me unless I'm super needy at quarterback and nobody will trade down. I, with I would me. say the way I'm looking at it is basically am I a running back away from competing for the championship this year? That's where I'm at. And if I'm not, I'm trading down. And that's kind of where I'm at. Because honestly, I would say 
most teams who have the one on one are not ready to take Bijan. And yeah. they're gonna they're gonna draft him and their team is gonna suck and they're not gonna win a championship with Bijan, most likely. I think yeah. the way to do it is like build your team out, have like legit wide receivers on your team, have a good tight end, you know, have your quarterbacks kind of already set, and now you're ready to take Bijan, right? Yeah. Or at least you have a couple of, you know, good picks early on in the rookie drafts and you can kind of make some moves. But I think Bijan, like just drafting any running back you know, early in these rookie drafts, like you kind of have to be ready to win yeah. a championship and, you know, grab that guy. So if I am not ready and I've, I got the one-on-one for a reason because my team is terrible, I'm not going to win with a bunch of rookies, right? Because these windows are so small. Like Bijan, generational talent. Like can he be a running back elite for six, seven years? I think so. But yeah. that would be an exception to the rule, right? Like these running back lives aren't that long. Like four or five years would be amazing, right? But even with him, you know, three, four year window is, you know, kind of what you have to expect, but hope for better. You know what I think I would do? I think if I can't trade out of it, if I got the one one I think I'm still going to go Bijan with just the full caveat of knowing I he's he's movable. You know, it's the value. It's, 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 it's the, a value it's, play. It's the value. I think I'm yeah. just going to I'm going to take him and figure it out later because I think sure. I can still I've got. I mean, you know, this isn't like the NFL where like trades don't happen as often. You know what these dynasty leagues are like. You could have five Everyone's trades in one day. Itching. You Everyone's know, everybody's itching. To, itching. Yeah. You have these teams <laughs> that are like, there's going to be a team in your league that's probably got three quarterbacks. That's like, that's that's probably close to winning it. And they're like, I I just need a good running back. So, and I'm loaded. I'm willing to overpay to get Bijan. And you just keep collecting assets. Maybe this isn't the year you get that quarterback. Maybe it's next year. You know, you get... I don't know. You you get a different quarterback plus Bijan and and you just keep trying to build. But I'm still Bijan's still my guy if I got the 101, regardless if I if, even if I don't have no quarterback. <laughs> I, I think that that makes a lot of sense too because imagine your your team isn't that good, right? You have Bijan, you're not really rack, racking up wins in the middle of the season, and you have this one team who lost their running back, you know, early on in the season, mm-hmm. but they're a contending team. How much are they willing to give up exactly. to give to get Bijan in the middle of the season? So I'm with you, man. I can totally see a situation where you just get a ridiculous haul, even more than you might have got, you know, you know, uh, you know, be- beforehand, right? Because Bijan, like, he's the 101, and he's like the RB one, right, mm-hmm. in dynasty rankings right now, like, right like now. The, like he's, he's my like, dynasty. He's yeah. like a, in a, in like a one quarterback league. I mean, what do you? He's top five, right, at this yeah. point, and he hasn't even drafted because we've seen. You know, Jesse was just talking about the proof of concept. How many of these elite running backs we we see them end up top three? You know, the Saquons, the um, Jonathan before, Taylor, Jonathan you know, Taylor. Uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Brees Hall before he got hurt last year. Like everybody yes. rises to that one spot, you know. And I think he'll do the same. I 100 percent agree. Now moving on just a little bit, and, and this might sound a little crazy, Jesse, but Will Levis actually kind of reminds me of Josh Allen, and <laughs> oh, I you don't. Did it. I don't I don't think he's as good, obviously, but here's why I think he reminds me of Josh Allen, more of how he looks, right? And, like, in terms of a guy who can sling it deep, right, he tends to sling it deep a little bit, and he's a tough runner for a quarterback, right? Not as good of a runner as Josh Allen is. You know, someone, you know, like, both these guys, like, just give up their body. He doesn't care. They, they don't care how they get hit. Um, and then he just, like, talks shit as he gets up and lets everyone know he got the first down. So that's kind of who he reminds me of. Um, now, I know a lot of people will point to the fact that Levis had 
negative 107 rushing yards this past season. But <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, like losses are count, you know, on sacks count right. as you know a loss of rushing yards for quarterbacks. So I, I think there's some upside with Levis. Like he has the size. He's a big dude. You know, quarterback sneaks. Quarterback runs near the goal line. Um, you know, kind of like you know, he's he's been doing that, but we've seen Josh Allen do that, Doc Prescott, that that type of thing. He seems to not have his mechanics altogether, right? Less than a two to one touchdown to interception ratio each of the last two years. That's not great. You know, he hasn't really had a lot of weapons to work with. He had Wandale last year who killed it, but then he lost Wandale and was left with nobody. And his stats didn't really change that much on a per game basis between last year and this year or the season before 2021 compared to 2022. Jesse, do you think that Will Levis can be a good NFL quarterback? Yeah, I think so. I think um, I, I would put him in kind of the Jameis Winston area. Um, he reminds me of him a lot because of the the hero ball, this idea of I'm just going to chuck it downfield and my arm's going to be strong enough to fit it into this window. Uh, didn't always work out for Jameis either. And and the 23 interceptions over the last two seasons are the things that really concern me. Um, and then I found kind of the other alarming stat that I ran into today, trying to look a little closer at kind of the game-by-game production is he threw for over 250 yards twice this past season, and the opponents were Miami, Ohio, not not Miami Hurricanes, the Miami, Ohio Redhawks, and Northern Illinois. So two MAC Oof. teams. Those are the only two teams where he threw over 250 yards. I dug a little deeper. He went 10 and three the season prior, but much better season for their team. He had four games over 250 yards. Listen to these powerhouse programs against UL Monroe, Chattanooga. New Mexico State and Tennessee, which was the lone power five team that he ever threw ever in his career threw for over 250 yards in a game. So you you're, you better be relying on those legs. You better be relying on him lowering the shoulder on somebody and making his team excited because I don't think he's a very accurate passer and I don't think they trusted him uh, to throw the ball. In, in certain situations because he threw so many interceptions. So he put his team in bad situations and that is a, a huge red flag for me. So I still think that he's clearly four, you know, I, I don't think there's anybody pushing him for four. I think there's a pretty big drop off after this with quarterbacks. So if you're, if you're desperate and, and we've gone through those first three quarterbacks and you're sitting at seven in your super flex league and, and somebody else did Gibbs, somebody else did JSN. And now you have the opportunity to get, Levis and uh, and he goes to the Raiders. I actually like I like that landing spot because he could develop. Um, maybe you know maybe it will work out for him. But I I have concerns, and you know I, I he reminds me more of of like Mitch Trubisky when you look at playing on a on a five hundred team. Didn't really put up huge number you know it's like those types of things where people fell in love with him too his size everything prototypical athletic think about remember all the ways they were talking about mitch trubisky oh yeah um so you know i i I, the josh allen thing i just throw up a little in my mouth because it's just basically based (laughs) on height and weight and not anything on gameplay because even at wyoming josh allen looked like more of a polished passer than people want to give him credit for he sat out a lot of games too if you watch his you know what? game, he, the last, he, he just the last a, game he played, he played really well. So he's just a big white dude who talks shit. That's literally like why. <laughs> and, 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 you, and you know what it was too for me? Like, you know, 
uh, him him just chucking the like, like it seems like he has a, a deep ball. He at least he likes to throw it deep, right? That's that that's that's really what it comes down to. And then when he's near the goal line, within the five yard line, seven yard line, that sort of thing, where you know he has those options to kind of tuck it in yep. and run it in. And and you know, and when you say Jameis Winston, you combine that with Jameis Winston from a fantasy perspective, you're like, ooh. Did you say yeah. Jameis Winston? Yeah, uh, but well, and Mitch like, Trubisky was a relevant fantasy quarterback for a little bit too. So this, I think, this is Casey's point around: they don't always right. have to be, uh, you know, franchise. They're going to be the new franchise quarterback for the Las, Ra- Las Vegas Raiders for years to come. Maybe they're just a great fantasy quarterback for a few years, you know. But but I, in Dynasty, you yeah. want those guys. You want like real franchise quarterbacks, right? Because I think you so. know yeah. if if you're. Gr- like if you drafted Jameis, let, let's say you drafted Jameis, and you're not really ha- you weren't really happy with that. Yes, did he have some st- spot starts for you? Did he have that one season? You know, even though he threw like the, the thirty interceptions, he got you thirty touchdowns too, and you know he had you know he he put up some fantasy points, and that was great. Um, but not really what you're looking for, right? So right. with that with that being said, Steve, like would Levis be the seventh pick behind the guys that we mentioned earlier in the two quarterback superflex league, or? Should he be after guys like, you know, Quentin Johnson and Jordan Addison, you know, two wide receivers who, you know, are going going to go in the first round, right? Who could have, be, like, in terms of, like, all of the pointers that you look for uh, in terms of drafting a wide receiver, they, there's going to be a significant tier break, regardless of who you think is more talented, maybe a couple of guys underneath that. But in terms of them being drafted in the first round, early breakout age, all that kind of stuff. Like they have those markers that you're looking for. So h- how are you looking at that seven, eight, nine spot? That is the spot I would hate to have. <laughs> yeah. I would hate with yeah. to have the seventh yeah. pick, man, because it's tough. Because I think it's it's a big tier. And I don't want to give you the, the cheap answer of, oh, I would trade out of it. You've been in these drafts. Sure. People know when you're stuck in that. No one wants the seventh spot. That's like no, that's like a, a no man's land right there, yeah. right? Because yeah. like no matter who you take, you feel like you're making the, the wrong decision. I know. And I, another thing that makes me not – this isn't like a deal breaker, but the fact that Will Levis will be 24 when the season starts, you know, it just shows that it took, you know, it took him that much longer to get NFL ready, whereas like Josh Allen, a 22-year-old, you know, entering yeah. the league. So that does make a little bit of a difference for me. I, when I watch him, I don't like, I see very Josh Allen light. He doesn't seem like as good of a rusher, his deep ball. I know he's got a big arm, but it's not as impressive, you know, from my, my naked eye. Uh, Having said all that, a lot of the wide receivers and the running backs in that spot, there's, there's holes in their game too. There's no like flawless prospect at that spot. So I have, I've conceded to the fact that we've done a few of these mocks ourselves. I've passed on him before. I think I would take him at the seventh spot in a super flex. Obviously, I think I don't love it. It's one like I'm just like, uh, just you know, I'll wait for my timer to get to the very end in hopes that somebody will try to send a trade off. <laughs> right, right. I'll just let it auto pick him probably at that point. No, I, I get that, man. But listen, like, what about Hendon Hooker, man? He's sneaking into the first round. <laughs> Former GM Mike Tannenbaum had him going to the Seahawks at five. Okay, first of yeah, all, yeah, I saw that know, too. Just to just to give some background, like you know, Hooker is already twenty five years old, right? That is on some like twenty one Jump Street shit, like right there. Like, <laughs> like are you a nar- are you a narc? Like, yeah. You know, like, so he ha- he has the tools, I think, of an NFL quarterback. He has the size, he's accurate. <laughs> um, but 
there's a good chance that he might not even play this year, right? Because of the ACL tear. I mean, he can maybe late in the year, but he toured in November, you know, so I'm not sure he's going to play this year. Um, but, you know, good marketing by Tannenbaum, you know, of himself and I guess th- uh, 33rd team. But <laughs> Jesse, you know, if Hooker didn't tear his ACL, you know, would that affect how you rank him? Like, would he be at least above Will Levis in this in this draft? Uh, I don't I don't know that he would have climbed above him. My my concern and Steven, this is broken record for poor Steven that had to listen to this again. But <laughs> I, that <laughs> that system uh, the system they run at Tennessee. This is again. Stephen kicked me around for the. He called it context. Isn't that what you call it, Stephen? Yeah, yeah, context. Yeah. Um, that system has not produced NFL quarterbacks at at any anywhere that Josh Heupel has been. The the most famous example we know him well here in Denver is is Drew Locke, and I think that Drew Locke went into the league and he didn't know how to read NFL defenses because that system is not set up that way. Um, they run a lot of double moves. They hit a lot of big passes. Man, the numbers look great on these quarterbacks by the end of it. And and Hannon Hooker did come a long way. He transferred over from Virginia Tech to Tennessee. I thought that was the last we were ever going to hear from him. And then all of a sudden he was a Heisman candidate beating Alabama. But I do think that that, that system is a red flag for me. Any of the Baylor quarterbacks that came out, um, same thing. Everybody's like, oh, this guy could be good. And, and none of them were because it's – it's just a very, it's a simplified offense. Um, if you read up on the story of the offense, they basically developed it in Oklahoma when, um, I don't remember the name of the quarterback, but the, <laughs> when Josh Heupel tells the story and, and Joey Halsley, who's his quarterbacks coach at Tennessee, basically their quarterbacks sucked. And they were like, we got to design an offense <laughs> around, we don't have a quarterback and we are Oklahoma. We right. still need to win. We need to come up with something. And it's, it's beautiful to watch. It's really cool but it does not translate to NFL success thus far, both for wide receivers, which there's two Tennessee wide receivers in this draft class that people yeah. really like. So that is out. I'm still trying to figure out how Jalen Hyatt was open on every single play yeah. that I've seen. No, I'm telling like, you, it's, it, it's it, very it, gimmicky. I understand it. Yeah. yeah, it's very, it's, you know, they, they run a lot of hitches. They run a lot of choice routes. Um, and, and they get the DBs coming up, 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 and then just right over the top. And right. man, uh, that was Casey's big thing. He's like, how they're getting behind Alabama. That shouldn't be happening. They're, they're just that good. And I'm like, well, the, the offensive system is that good. You know, I don't know. It's a ton of wheel routes, ton of uh, pump and goes. And yeah, they just get guys to bite because they're running so fast as well. They run the highest pace offense in the, in college football. And I think guys just lose their focus and they get beat deep. But yeah, I, 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 he was an avoid for me even before the ace well i think the acl just sealed it for him i guess i should say i i was really into the story and then when he blew his acl i was like oh well now he's not going to get in a he's not going to be in a system to be very successful the only thing is is if he goes to like seattle later in the draft and he can sit and heal up you know maybe 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 a place like that we could see it but that's also just so hard in dynasty right to like sit and be patient on a guy especially when he's already 25 years old yeah, he's gonna, gonna be twenty. He, exactly. he just turned twenty-five in January. It's not exactly. like he turned twenty-five this year. So he's gonna be twenty-six know. before his rookie season ends. Like right. <laughs> the, he's not not that you're asking me, but I'm gonna say he's just he's not even on my board. <laughs> like yep. oh. I don't have to worry about it. I, I, even in a super flex, like depending on how deep your super flex league is. Um, but if you're going like 12, 12 team, 
four rounds, he barely makes the, the fourth round for me. Interesting. Here's here's where I would go with the uh, the next quarterback because I think you know Stephen and I are pretty similar around. Just we're not really into Hendon Hooker. Who does the Tampa Bay Buccaneers take <laughs> in either the second or third round? Because right. that could be the guy that's going to see the field and could make an impact. If they if they went out and got Max Duggan, Jaron Hall, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I even like Jake Hayner a lot. He he'll go way you later do. in the draft, I think. But the, yeah. those are kind of the three guys that you know. Whoever ends up competing with Kyle Trask, I don't think Kyle Trask is the answer in Tampa. So I think you get in a good situation like that. Um, And um, well, and maybe even if Hendon Hooker goes there, maybe he makes his way back on because then, you know, you roll, you roll with Kyle Trask till Hendon Hooker's ready to go. I don't know, but I I just, it's the system. It's the Drew Locke thing that, that burned me a lot and a, a lot of different quarterbacks from that system that just haven't worked out in the NFL. Now, Kyle Trask was second round pick, right? Last year, wasn't yeah. he? Uh, this, yeah, the so year this, be- this was the his year second. before. The year before. Oh, this, so this is going to be his third year. Yes. Now? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's fine. I thought they, I thought this was last year. Okay. So so that makes sense. I can see them taking another quarterback uh, in this year's draft. I saw. I, I you know I did see Jake Hayner uh, at the Senior Bowl. He was all right. You know, nothing too impressive there. But you know, is is it's really hard to evaluate quarterback at the senior bowl, you know, because like these are brand new wide receivers. They're running brand new stuff. Like it's, it's tough. Um, But I'll say this though, like, you know, he's a, you know, he's, he's an interesting guy. He's older, also an older guy as well. So any of these guys coming out of the senior bowl, you know, you can't, you're not expecting them uh, to be young, but you know, I did want to mention that, you know, the first round, like, again, I want to reiterate the first round is really where it's at with quarterbacks. Like, if you're going to invest anything in dynasty, like these first round quarterbacks, like regardless whether you, th- I, in my opinion, like even if you like Jake Hayner or Jaron Hall or any of these guys, like, you know, take, take the shot with the first round quarterback. 50% of those guys have gone on to be a top 10, top 12 quarterback, um, you know, in, in in fantasy football at some point in their careers. Um, you know, second round, you have a chance. Third round, you know, thanks to Gardner Minshew, there hasn't, you know, there's been one lately. <laughs> but other than that, like we haven't seen another one in a while. You know, if you go, you have to go a bit further back. We mentioned Russell Wilson earlier. Um, but if a quarterback gets drafted in the third round or later, like I don't think we should even bother, to be honest with you. Even in Superflex rookie drafts, I'm probably going to be taking shots at running back, wide receiver, tight ends. You know, am I off base on that, Steve? Or are you still kind of taking shots on certain guys, even if they get drafted after the third? No, it's, it's these it's these four guys for me uh, maybe yeah. maybe if you ask me after the draft <clears throat> maybe i'll soften on that a little bit but yeah. for me it's those first four guys and then i'm just looking elsewhere you know, i haven't just... seen you know i i i'm super into the mock draft game i'm i'm right. just scouring through them you just don't see a lot of second round quarterbacks like almost none you know i get i've seen hand right. hooker in there a little bit but you know that's where you know if tampa it's the 50th player if they take a a you know, a second round quarterback, one of these guys fall in love with them. I don't know, maybe, but yeah, yep. other than that, it's going to be kind of that third round, no man's land. And then, and then we can, you can bring us back. We can talk about some running backs and receivers you should be taking instead. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I totally get that, man. Um, now out of those quarterbacks, like if, if you had to pick three guys, like out of Jake Hayner, Jaron Hall, you know, who, who are these, who are some of these other guys, Tanner McKee, Max Duggan, right out of TCU, Clayton Toon in Houston, right? Like, are, are any of these guys, you know, potentially, you know, somewhat NFL ready? They could kind of come in and potentially, you know, work their way up, way up to the number two job potentially. Maybe an injury, 
allows him to take a starting gig and you're like, oh, okay, this guy might have something. Jesse, I'll start with you. The Clayton Toon one is funny because I think he's like 32 years old. You know, he, is he, he really? Yeah, I think he took <laughs> he did the um the COVID sixth year of eligibility. He did a I think he did a sixth year. He's of only eligibility. he's only 24. Okay, he's only 24 yeah, I years was, old. I thought he was pretty old. Well, after all that after all that talk about Hooker, uh, he <laughs> seems young all of a sudden, <laughs> like only 24. <laughs> yeah, I think you know. Here's if if you're if you're just gonna go off of upside in dynasty, Jaron Hall is coming out early. Yeah. He's kind of been a guy that uh, has been on radars for a really long time. I he couldn't beat out Zach Wilson, and Zach Wilson is not going to be an NFL quarterback next year. So uh, he's going to be a backup, right? So I I have concerns about that one. I think for me, what I look at is it's almost like the Brock Purdy thing, right? Is it's like who who's the guy that I just wouldn't be surprised because when Stephen was like, right. "Are you surprised that Brock Purdy is taken over?" And looks so good in San Fran. I was like, no, this guy was one of the best quarterbacks in Iowa State history. I think I would be looking at that if I'm taking a flyer on a guy. And that's where I like I like Max Duggan because he took his team to the national title. And they 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 were going to go with a different quarterback to start the season. That quarterback hurt his knee. This guy stepped in and finished second in the Heisman. And so he's just I, I wouldn't bet against him. I could see, you know, again. He, he's not going to go start any place, but if you're looking for, uh, if you want me to say which guy wouldn't be surprised to pull like a Brock Purdy down the road, it would be Max Duggan based on, you know, the production that he had at TCU. He was a great player for them for a long time, really highly recruited kid, great character guy. Um, so, and, and I, I think Jake Hanner is probably too small to, to yeah. really do much and he's going to get drafted super late. But he was just incredibly productive at Fresno State. He was a big-time recruit. He got recruited to Washington first. So it's not like he was always a small school player. Um, he was a Washington Husky for a while. So I, he's another guy that I kind of like. But, yeah, I think, honestly, it's just it really is kind of flyer at that point. Um, because yeah, Duggan I, does intrigue me a little yeah. bit. You know, like, like you mentioned, like he's a playmaker. You know, he, he's an athlete. You know, he runs the ball too, which is something that – you know, if you're looking for a potential dual dual threat quarterback, you know, he is that type of player. So, you know, if you're, you know, if I'm in a third round of a rookie draft, like he might be there, even in Superflex, yeah. to be honest, um, especially if he doesn't get drafted in the first, I, I would assume that it would be third round or later for him. Right. So, yeah, um, I would think so. Yeah. So it, it's, it's interesting, man. It's going to, it's interesting to see where these guys land, um, you know, and, and we'll kind of, you know, take it from there. But, I think that's going to really do it for this episode. You know, I want to, I feel like I want to do a podcast with you guys every episode now. <laughs> that, that was, that was a ton of fun, like a lot of insight, you know, for me, for sure. And I'm sure the listeners definitely benefited too. So thank you, Steve. Thank you, Jesse. Yeah. Um, you know, you blessed me and our listeners with a ton of knowledge. We're all quarterback experts at this point. Please, please, please guys go find Steve and Jesse's podcast called fantasy guides, wherever you find your podcast. Oh, that is the other guy too. Casey. He's on the podcast too. He's on, he's on uh, there in the background. We we mute him from time to time, but he's on. He, he did. He did though. He goes, "Where's my invite?" You know? <laughs> Sorry, Casey. Uh, um, he's the comic sure relief. He... You you don't need the comic relief on on this one. You got. You oh, got so that that's what he does. Okay, that's I was wondering what he does. I was wondering what he does on the podcast, but uh, he's on there. <laughs> we, I, we we had one talking about free agency, and I was talking about the um 
the Cincinnati running back that just went to Denver, <clears throat> blanking on his name right now. Samaji P. Ryan. P. Yeah. P. Ryan. And I was talking about how I liked him because he's versatile. He was looked better than Joe Mixon last year, and he can catch the ball. He's a good receiving back. And then we go to Casey, and it's like I don't know what he was doing, but he goes, uh, "Yeah, I just, it, I just don't know about his receiving work." And he just, he's like basically just undoing what I just said. And I'm like, "Were you not listening to me?" But <laughs> no, awesome. he, he's, he's kind of he. We love having him on there. We just, you know, there's, we couldn't have four people on a podcast. I'm just, It'd be too I'm many. just listen, man. It's just, it, you know, it, 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 this is now taking a life on its own. Yeah, like just to like yeah. make fun of the situation. So mm-hmm. I, I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Casey. I met Casey out in the fantasy, you know, fantasy uh, football expo. So he's, he's awesome. He's Casey's brother, also. So or, I, my brother, Steve, Steve's Steve brother. brother. Yep. What, what, what did I say? Casey's you said, brother. You said Casey's Casey's brother. Casey's <laughs> Casey's brother. Yeah, it's kind of kind of accurate. Yeah. Uh, Steve's brother. You know, he's hilarious. He's 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 the glue of their podcast. So make yeah, sure to check is. it out yep. and subscribe. Uh, Casey's a big part of why it's a great listen. And make sure Absolutely. to follow and subscribe to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast wherever you're listening, whether that's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. To make sure you have the latest episode ready to go. We have a special episode later this week talking about bets you can make around the NFL draft with a very special guest. And we're talking tight ends next week in a deep, 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 deep tight end class. Oh, yes, I said it. A deep (laughs) tight end class. (laughs) Uh, That's an episode you don't want to miss because there will likely be a tight end or two from this class that makes it into your starting lineup pretty soon. Thanks, everyone. See you soon. Thanks again, guys. Thanks for having us.